Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. So there's been a lot of chat in the media as of recent based on a Pew Research study regarding marriage and young people. As of 2022, Pew Research Center found and reported that 30% of U.S. adults are neither married, living with a partner, nor engaged in a committed relationship. Nearly half of all young adults are single, 34% of women, and a whopping 63% of men. And the decline in relationships marches astride a decline in sex, particularly for young men. The share of sexually active Americans stands at a 30-year low. Around 30% of young men reported in 2019 that they had no sex in the past year, compared to about 20% of young women. Also interesting is that according to this body of research, only half of single men are actively seeking relationships or even casual dates. And some of this isn't necessarily shocking given where we are in this country following COVID. According to research, this phenomenon has been exacerbated by COVID and the quarantining. These habits of being home and bowing out of social engagements over years have remained in some cases. It's interesting, though, that it's more strongly impacting young males. Said Fred Rabinowitz, a psychologist and professor at the University of Redlands who studies masculinity, quote, Young men are watching a lot of social media. They're watching a lot of porn, and I think they're getting a lot of their needs met without having to go out. And I think that's starting to be a habit, end quote. And this is also combined with decades of shifts in women's perceptions of marriage from a must-do to a choice. And that's an important part of this discussion as well. Said Ronald Levant, professor emeritus of psychology at the University of Akron and author of several books on masculinity, quote, heterosexual women are getting more choosy. Women don't want to marry down to form a long term relationship to a man with less education and earnings than herself, end quote. But it's not just about earnings. It's about what each person in the relationship is contributing on the whole economically, but also in the home and emotionally. So there's a lot to unpack there. So let's get to it. It's largely the gender disparity in this case that has led to the inundation of articles and media pundits and social media influencers weighing in on the phenomenon and the why. Why are men not interested in committing? Why are men not dating? Why are men not getting married? And I want to talk about this here on the Advancing Women podcast from a gender equity perspective, but also in keeping with the mantra that guides the podcast. It's not your fault, but it is your problem. Because this is very true as it relates to gender inequity. It is not our fault as women, but it is our problem. We do have to transcend and thrive. But this phenomenon is not only not our fault, but I am going to argue it's not actually even our problem. The thing is, warriors, we need to be thinking about and be prepared for the inevitable commentary and advice that will, as usual, suggest that there are things women need to do to fix this, to change, or to address this. 
And this is something we have historically seen, whether it's books like The Rules, as well as article after article, decade after decade, in magazines and online news and entertainment stories, constantly telling women how to catch, attract, and keep a man. That messaging that places not only the problem, but also the blame on women. All you have to do is take a historical analysis of media messaging to begin to anticipate what we are likely to begin to see. Indeed, what we're already beginning to see in articles, interviews by influencers in the media talking about how we need to fix the problem. The problem of young men not wanting marriage, but also not wanting relationships at all. There has been some suggestion in social media, especially, but in the traditional media as well, that we as women have finally done it. We've made it so difficult for men that they just don't want to bother. This idea that we as women are causing or perpetuating the problem with our pickiness and high expectations. And then, of course, what comes next is what we can and should do to fix the problem, how we can change the way we're behaving, the way we're thinking, and the things we're doing to fix the problem. But this is not our problem, nor is it our fault. This phenomenon of young men not wanting partnerships or not wanting to get married falls squarely under the category of it's not your fault and it's not your problem. Regardless of how much the media wants to instruct us as women on how we need to be fixed, how we need to be better, how we need to be behaving differently to get men to be willing to marry us or even date us, and we're going to have to be prepared to hear those messages, but then to interrupt that messaging. And it's so interesting because just a few decades ago, we were seeing the exact opposite phenomenon in terms of marriage with women rethinking the tradition. And so, of course, this is perpetuating a lot of dialogue as to why this particular flip has happened, where we're seeing it more with men than women now. We could take a lot of time to talk about the explanations from the media and the literature that explain well why women have indeed steered away from the institution of marriage over the past few decades and how women have questioned the meaning of wife and the social constructs that come with being a wife, because we've always paid a lot more attention to the expectation and meaning of wife versus husband. And a clear piece of evidence that point to that is the fact that we denote a married woman from a single woman in her title, and we don't do so in men. Culturally, we so much see a woman's marital status as a part of her identity that when a woman is not married, she is miss. And when she gets married, she becomes missus. Whereas a man who is not married is mister. And when he gets married, he continues to be mister. Society has never felt that it was crucial to identify men as married or not married in their title. It is only for women that it has been seen as important, as a means to status. Think about the titles we give to unmarried women historically, like spinster or old maid versus bachelor for men. The stigma of unmarried men has never been what it is for unmarried women because women have been socially conditioned over history to believe that one of the greatest achievements we can hope for is marriage. That status and importance is achieved through connecting ourselves with men, through motherhood, through being a wife. We are valued for our connection to men and family, as opposed to men who are also valued for family, but are also told that their value is in the work they do and the accomplishments they build professionally. For many of us, remembering back to childhood, it would be unsurprising to hear that for little boys, when they played dress up, they dressed up as firefighters and police officers, professions, 
professional aspirations, while little girls often dressed up as brides and princesses. At least that was the expectation. And so unsurprisingly, as more and more women entered the workforce and as women began to create their own success professionally and their own achievements professionally to build careers and recognize that they didn't necessarily need a husband to support them or for their status, but rather if they were going to have a partner, it was going to be a true partner, an equal partner. And so therefore women's standards, expectations all got higher because why add a partner if it didn't enhance or benefit you? A lot of young women into the 80s and 90s and beyond were not willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get married so that I can continue to do everything I'm doing, but then do all the housework and all the child rearing while you as a man are able to continue to work professionally with extra support because that's how it has historically been. And as the research shows, unfortunately, it still is. Research shows that still married women, even when they work full time, still most often take on the lion's share of the household and child care responsibilities. The research also shows that there continues to be a premium in the workplace when men are married and a fatherhood premium when they have children, where there's a motherhood penalty in the workforce for women. So marriage has historically worked very well for men in terms of their careers and in terms of getting help and support and partnership, whereas women have historically in marriage taken on more work or been busier than prior to the marriage. And we started to see women just saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. And while this is all happening, many powerful women role models were saying things that were making women rethink the meaning of wife and marriage. Talk show host Oprah Winfrey, one of the world's richest women, by the way, did an interview in 2003 with Jay Leno, and she spoke of her relationship with her longtime partner, Stedman, and her decision to not get married. And she said this, quote, I'm allowed a great deal of freedom in that relationship now. And I think if I married, as good as Stedman is, I think that his expectations of what I should be would change. I really do, end quote. And then she went on to say this, I feel if I had the role of wife, I would become someone else and I would then start behaving like a wife. And so these perceived limitations and actual limitations in some cases, of course, began to have an impact on women. By the early 2000s, unmarried women were one of the fastest growing demographics. In fact, one statistic I saw showed that in 2004, a 30-year-old woman was three times more likely to be single than she was in the 70s. And the more money a woman earned, the more likely she was to delay or even forgo getting married. And again, that just logically makes a lot of sense, right? What's interesting, though, is this new statistic, this particular phenomenon we're talking about now, based on this new research, that men are seeing the larger decline. It's similar to what we saw previously with women in the past few decades, but it's interesting to see the cultural response to this. When women started opting out of marriage and expecting more in-marriage partnerships when they did choose marriage or long-term relationships, what emerged was this wife industry that constantly inundated women in the media with advice, instruction, and critique. We were deluged with mixed messages that if we have too much fun or focus too much on our careers when we're young, we'll regret it later. If we don't take the time to ensure we make a good match, if we stay single, we'll be sorry, we'll be miserable. 
But we were also told that there were going to be all these challenges in the workplace that we needed to address if we did choose marriage and family. We heard the question all the time, can women have it all? And how can we combine wife and mother while still being successful? And so there's all this different advice that came from it. And it all led to this double-edged sword for women of marriage as something we'd regret not doing, but something that would destroy our careers if we did. Another damned if you do, doomed if you don't paradigm that was put on our shoulders. And so it's interesting to note the difference in the messaging and advice men are getting now as this happens. We have to be mindful of where the blame will likely be placed or misplaced, especially given what we know about the benefits of marriage, especially for men. With women, there's all these negative social constructs women are challenged with in terms of the meaning of wife and mother and the subordinating of our needs and often being viewed as a helpmate to our husbands and subordinating our careers and our wellness. We can all point to those things that we've seen in the research in terms of an explanation for the drop, but this has not been the case for men. I do understand that for some men, feeling like they would have to share in more of the responsibility, put in the effort. I get that this might make them more hesitant to get into a relationship or to want to be married. Being aware that the expectation is an equal partnership in a marriage or with children may trump for them or mask, actually, the reality of marriage and partnership. Because research shows, and it is overwhelming, that marriage is actually quite good for men. Decades of research have shown that married men are happier and healthier and live longer. Married men are more likely to receive regular checkups and medical care, maintain healthy diets, exercise, and enjoy higher standards of living. In addition, married men benefit from lower levels of stress and fewer stress-related diseases, in part because of the contributions financially women today are bringing. The list goes on and on. And those decades of research don't just show how good marriage is for men. It punctuate that marriage is more beneficial quantitatively for men, not just in terms of happiness, but also in terms of health outcomes, where this is not necessarily showing to be true in the literature for women. Happiness expert Paul Dolan, professor of behavioral science at the London School of Economics, told Bloomberg, quote, There is data to suggest that some women are better off single in terms of health and happiness, end quote. Dolan has actually said publicly and often, quote, if you're a man, you should probably get married. If you're a woman, don't even bother, end quote. And I'm not trying to knock marriage or to suggest that women who get married are suckers. But what I am saying is that The data on the benefits of marriage are stronger in support of the benefits for men. And there's also research that shows that men in more equitable relationships are actually happier and that they have more sex. So a lot of good data and reasons for men to be married. And so this phenomenon is really interesting because in this case with men, there's a mismatch in the explanation as to why men are not choosing marriage relationships or even dating. They're not choosing a path with so many proven rewards and benefits. And so when it comes to what we as women need to do about this phenomenon, I'm going to share what is likely a hot take. So here it is. I actually don't care why so many young men don't want to partner or get married when the reason shown in the literature is often that they just don't want to bother doing any of the work of creating a meaningful relation. And we as women do not need to take on this problem at all. 
We have enough problems with fighting gender inequity everywhere we turn. The reality is that this problem ain't got nothing to do with us and we don't have time for it. Yes, COVID has had an impact and we all, to a degree, got accustomed to behaviors of less social interaction, being home more. And yes, young men in particular were more impacted, especially as it relates to the need for partnership. But this is a problem men need to address. Research has shown that the increases in the viewing of pornography and not having to give anything to get something has impacted their decision. And they're therefore making the choice to say, you know what, I'm really not willing to work hard or to give anything in a relationship when I can just have this immediate satisfaction on my own. And to that, I'd say more power to you. And thanks for self-selecting yourself out of the mix. So young women seeking a real partner and a meaningful relationship don't have to waste their time. And men, don't all be offended. If you are a true partner making the effort, this isn't about you. This is about letting people who would rather be alone than sacrifice it all for others or do any of the things necessary for strong, real, meaningful relationships. What these kinds of relationships require, let them do just that. The answer certainly isn't, though, expect less women, stop asking for, quote unquote, so much. You know what? Men and women, we deserve, you deserve in a relationship to be supported, prioritized, and to be allowed to have expectations. Women, you are allowed to have expectations without being made to feel that any expectations are causing this problem. It's not your fault, and it's not your problem. Now, I know some of you will say, it's easy for you to say this, you're married, but I would argue the exact opposite. If making an effort to be in a meaningful relationship, if giving of yourself or trying at all, if offering women value of any kind feels like a lot of work, then women, you can do better than that kind of guy. If someone doesn't see being there for you as worth it, if they want permission to be selfish and lazy, let them have it. Go ahead. Be selfish and lazy. You don't want those men anyway. Warriors, we deserve far better than whatever crumbs someone offers. For too long, women have been conditioned to feel that we are not enough without a husband or partner, without a man, that we are broken if we can't get or keep a man. But the thing is, we are enough just as we are. You are enough just as you are. You are so enough. And this is not an us problem. It's a them problem. And I don't agree with everything in Sheryl Sandberg's best-selling book, Lean In, Women Work and the Will to Lead, in part because I felt that it fell a bit heavy-handed in suggesting women could and should solve the problem of gender inequity in the workplace. But she did nail it when she talked about marriage and partnership. She said, quote, when it comes time to settle down, find someone who wants an equal partner, someone who thinks women should be smart opinionated and ambitious, someone who values fairness and expects, or even better, wants to do his share in the home, end quote. And I also agree with the idea of leaning in as it relates to this discussion, except leaning in for men. If men aren't in relationships and there are negative long-term health and happiness consequences to that, then they may want to consider leaning in. Lean in and do the work to reap the reward of a true partnership. And so my manifest statement or key takeaway this week is this, warrior women, this issue of young men choosing to be alone is neither your fault nor your problem. Be suspicious and reject any commentary or advice on what you need to do, fix or change for men. As the saying goes, continue to keep your head, your heels, 
and your standards high. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback, so please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo, and thanks to all of you for joining me here today.